On November 22, 1963, Aldous Huxley died. He was at the time a very famous writer. He wrote Brave New World, which was, along with George Orwell's 1984, one of the most influential books of the age, but nobody noticed that he died because it was the same day that Kennedy was assassinated. Sometimes important things happen, but other things overshadow them. So this week, the Pew report came out, which gave the demographics of American Jewry. And it would be what everyone is talking about were it not for the fact that there's a conflict in Israel that has obviously absorbed all of our attention. But I realized that the two are not unrelated because the Pew Report is about which groups have grown and which groups have shrunk. And it's no secret to any of you that Jews in America are not growing, at least not yet. With the Hayes' new grandchild, <laughs> we're on an upswing. And it was all about counting Jews. But it made me realize this week that counting Jews is less important than Jews who count. And this week, some Jews counted. And as I will talk about in a minute, some non-Jews counted too. And I was reminded of the fact that the great American Jewish historian, Jacob Rader Marcus, used to say, remember, there were 7,000 Jews in all of the world that stood up to Baal in the time of Elijah. That's it, 7,000. But they made all the difference. Our job in this time of crisis is to count. It's to count and to counter the narratives of lies and deceptions and ignorance. Because there's a lot of ignorance that has taken over so much of the public discourse about Israel. But I also want to say one thing that people may not like that I hope you will take in the spirit in which it is meant, which is the spirit of APAC. APAC, which Sinai Temple, I am proud to say, is the greatest participant in of any organization in the nation. We send more people to the APAC conference than anybody else, even the people on the East Coast, although obviously not this past year. They had a Zoom session with rabbis. And remember, APAC's job is to connect every member of Congress and Senate and so on to Israel. And with Elliot Brandt, who is a homeboy, used to be out here, one of the points he made is what I want to emphasize. 
APAC tries desperately not to make Israel a partisan issue. It's not an issue of only one party. Because if you start identifying Israel only with Republicans, what have you just done? You've said half of America is not identified with Israel. And so here's what I'm going to urge you to do. But before I do, I'm going to read you a short part of a statement. I'm here to affirm as a member of Congress, one who intends to be here for a long time, I have an unwavering commitment to both the sovereignty and security of Israel as a Jewish state. What is under siege is not only Israel. What is under siege is truth itself. Now is not the time to be silent. All of us, especially those holding elected office, have to be visible and vocal, fearless and forceful in standing up for our greatest friend in the Middle East. I'm here to state in the clearest possible terms that I stand with Israel because doing so quite simply is the right thing to do. You know who made that statement? An African-American progressive Democrat from the Bronx, Richie Torres. What I want from the Jewish people is to give him as much support, as much chizuk, as much encouragement, as you give to people on the right who make similar statements. Because he has to stand up to a lot more opposition, believe me, than Ted Cruz does. And we need to support every friend, right or left, I don't care. We can start fighting right and left when this is over. We can always go back to our fights. But right now, when the U.S. Defense Secretary says we have an ironclad support for Israel's legitimate right to defend itself and strongly condemn the launching of rockets by Hamas and other terrorist groups, we have to applaud him. Again, the African-American U.S. Defense Secretary of the Democratic Administration, and he's going to need chizuk, he's going to need encouragement. I want us to support every ally of Israel, wherever they are. Because especially now, that has to be our overriding concern. When I talk to friends in Israel and they're in bunkers with their children, we don't have the right to make this a, an American political partisan issue. We have to make this a Jewish and Israel issue. And I don't have to tell you the idiocy and the foolishness that we see all over the media and we hear from some politicians and yes, those politicians are overwhelmingly on the left. That's true. That's exactly why we have to support those who are in the same party that oppose them. This is a difficult time. It's one of those times when you almost feel guilty. Maybe you do feel guilty that you wake up in your nice home and everything is fine and I went out for a walk in the morning and I didn't have to think about it and my daughter was sleeping peacefully in the house and I didn't have to worry about her because nobody's launching rockets on Westwood. 
But remember that every rocket that gets launched is from a group that is becoming more sophisticated and more capable and more dangerous and no less hateful. So if ever there was a time in recent memory when American Jews had to put aside their other quarrels and just insist on the sovereignty and legitimacy and decency of Israel, it is now. I know that there were some people who in their, the nicest word is thoughtlessness, so I'll just say thoughtlessness, said, well, what about the fact that more people have died in Gaza than have died in Israel? To which my answer is you don't fight a war by not defending yourself. And you don't ask people who are under fire to let more of their own citizens die so that there's an equivalence on both sides. The best way to save lives is to stop the war. And the best way to stop the war is to make it unproductive for Hamas to launch rockets into Israel. It's very simple. I don't want for a second to say that the loss of life, especially of children, on either side isn't heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Children don't choose, and neither do civilians who are born into a society where they have a leadership that does not really represent the best in what they could be. But no state in the world, God knows not this one, would allow people to rain rockets on their population and not answer. And I can only imagine, and you can only imagine, what would happen if Mexico tomorrow started to rain rockets, even if none of them hit, onto Texas. What do you think the United States would do? It would be the former country of Mexico. That's what we would do. You know that. When 9-11 happened, we destroyed a country halfway across the world. What do you think we would do if it was our next door neighbor? But Israel hasn't done that, despite the idiotic claims of people who say they're practicing genocide, even though the population in Gaza has increased, but which is a very weird kind of genocide. Israel hasn't done that. But we have to make this case over and over and over and over and over again. Next time people say that they don't have enough food in Gaza, ask them how much did they spend on those thousands of missiles that they rained down on Israel. Maybe some of that could have bought some food. This is not a conflict between equals, not in morality and not in firepower. And thank God 
So does Israel do wrong and bad and cruel things? Yes, they absolutely do. Nobody is claiming the perfection of Israel. I have criticisms, you have criticisms. They're human beings. Human beings do some rotten things sometimes. But no country in the world would allow people to fire rockets indiscriminately, trying to kill as many people as possible and not answer. We have nothing to be ashamed of in what's going on in Israel right now and everything to be fearful about and proud of. And like you, I get some messages from people who disagree. That's all I'll say. Some more moderate than others, but really those 7,000 Jews who stood up against Baal didn't care. They didn't care. And that's why we're here. So we have to care for the loss of life. We have to care for being as forthcoming, as kind, and as peacemaking as we can. But we don't have to care for defending ourselves, for retaliating on those who attack us, for insisting that after thousands of years of being at the mercy of a world that did not care for Jewish lives, that we will not relent in caring for Jewish lives. That's who we are. Thank God that we have a state. We remember what happened to Jews when we didn't have a state. We remember. So we hope it will be over soon. But in every way we can, I ask you to write to send support, to send money, to send whatever you can, not just to relief in Israel, but to those candidates who have the guts to stand up for Israel in America. We need them. I'm not gonna spend this morning talking about counting Jews. I'm just gonna ask us all to be Jews who count. Please rise for the prayer for the state of Israel.